the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. This is CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are introducing today the very true adventures of Dr. Coincidence, who is joining me on this program. Dr. Coincidence, hey, thank, thank you very much, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, Bernie, Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm telling you a story about Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, my favorite German rye was no longer on the shelf. So I asked Bill, who works in the store, where it was. He recognized the Bob Dylan song I was singing. Hey there. No, that was the wrong song. Get away from my wind. Anyway, he asked me what I did. I told him I studied coincidences. <laughs> oh, you're that guy, he said. He'd heard of Dr. Coincidence. He told me about a friend of his who told him right where we were standing about needing to know a specific quotation. At yoga that day, her yoga teacher used that quote, the quote she was seeking. Groovy, cool, okay. At dance the next day, I asked a friend of mine, L, E-L-L-E, about, about things, and she asked me about my Valentine's Day. I had a few doozies, like turning around at a local coffee shop and seeing four people right next to me with red bow ties and tuxedos. I, I didn't know they got there. And then I said to them, looking good. And immediately they started singing an old barbershop quartet. I love coffee. I love tea. It was like I introduced them or felt the vibe accumulating to their start. And then like a woman in line with me at Whole Foods told me out of the blue that I was good looking. I hugged her and she bragged about it to the cashier. And another woman in the parking lot gave me the once over the way guys look at pretty women. And then I asked Elle about her Valentine's Day. 
And then I asked Elle about her Valentine's Day. She told me that she was looking for a specific quotation and could not find it. And I said, and your yoga teacher used that quote, the one you were seeking. Her mind was blown. She cried out, we are connected. Bill, the guy with the rye bread, is a friend of hers. What a Valentine's Day. Elle and I and Dr. Coincidence became coinciders together. Our coincidence told us that our minds are immersed in our mental atmosphere, the psychosphere, through which we can be telepathic, clairvoyant, and sense the future. Synchronicity spoken here. Our guest today is Gary Wimmer. Gary began playing lead guitar in 1963 and soon joined the counterculture in the mid-60s at Texas Tech and became interested in spirituality and psychic phenomenon. Luckily, he escaped Lubbock, Texas, and with a BS in electrical engineering and, and learned to give psychic readings. He hit the road with different bands as a lead guitarist, singer, and songwriter, and later as a pianist and keyboard player in every format from soloist to large bands. He learned lithomancy, the art of giving readings using stones, and wrote a book on the subject. He recently wrote a book called A Second in Eternity. His true story from 1977 about an intense and enlightening near-death experience, an out-of-body experience that still empowers him and inspires him to this day. Gary, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Bernie. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, my man. Well, Gary, this uh, this NDE, this near-death experience that you had was, was profound and early in our understanding of NDEs. You were like a pioneer for Western culture as we understand it. There's been a lot of... This, and Gary, you're making a bunch of noise over there. Excuse um, me. Um, that... The NDA, NDE thing um, is was was very new when you got into it, and uh, this so you didn't know what happened to you. But I was intrigued by the idea that you um, were getting a lot of psychic uh, experiences before the NDE, and could you tell us about what was going on in your mind in 1977 uh, before the automobile hit you? And tell us what happened when it did. Well, the uh, I wrote the book in two sections because it seemed like it happened in two parts. The first was uh, between about the end of January 1977 and February 7th. For some, uh, well, now I know why. But at the time, it seemed like for no apparent reason, my psychic ability just took off like a rocket. And I started doing readings back in the early 70s. And even as a young kid with six brothers, I realized I had a lot of uh, intuition, um, didn't think of it in those terms. But once I started learning psychic ability and became interested in it, it became apparent to me that out of six brothers, I'm the only one who's interested in psychic ability and so forth. So I went through a week of unexpected escalating psychic ability that started just out of the clear blue, it seemed like, on uh, January 31st, about 1977 and over the course of the next seven eight days it escalated to the point it was uh unbelievable i could uh i started reading the paper through other people's eyes and seeing what you would call coincidences and uh all sorts of uh feelings about things but wait wait let, let's let's get into that a little more deeply because when people get into that space you're in they get into a different level of consciousness that is I think accessible to people who are interested in getting there, but like you, uh, a lot of people just get jolted into it. So, some of the things that you were experiencing, I'd like to have our audience know a little bit more about. You could read the newspaper through other people's eyes. What else? What other experiences were you having? Well, that's one of the first thing I th things I noticed. My roommate in the in the morning when I woke up. I uh, went out and got the paper, and as he's walking in, all of a sudden I saw the headlines through his eyes, I guess, because when he threw down the paper on the table, I was stunned by looking at the uh, front page and exactly what I'd seen kind of out of clear blue just moments earlier. Uh, okay. So uh, what, this, what well, then the, by the, that night we went out to a club or the next night, and I could feel people around me all the time, what they were thinking and feeling. And uh, this is about the second day, and it 
had become fairly overwhelming to the how point did you, I, how, how did you know you were picking up the feelings and thoughts of other people? It became so evident there was just no way to, to, to deny it. I mean, it was like having you know, IMAX movie around you with you know full volume. It was not subtle. It, it was a little subtle, but it became more and more uh, obvious, less subtle, uh, animated. Did you and, get did you get evidence that you were picking up their feelings, uh, that you were picking up their thoughts? Uh, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They uh, would tell you something that you knew that they were going to tell you, or something. That and, like I said, the newspaper. That same next day, I noticed sitting out on the porch, I heard a car coming up, and for some reason, I saw a picture of it in my mind, and sat out on the porch to read the paper, and then the car passed exactly the way I'd seen it. So uh -huh. I started, I started thinking, what's the next car going to look like? Uh, coming up the hill. I could hear it come out the hill before it came into view. Mm -hmm. And over and over, I kept seeing these same cars, it, almost like I just closed my eyes and imagined I was standing outside looking down the hill, seeing the car coming up. Uh, and sure enough, when it would pass, it would be the same color, same person driving that I'd seen the picture of. Mm -hmm. And then my roommate came outside and said, what are you doing? And I started explaining it to him and predicting the cars coming up the hill from him. That night, we went to a club and I was able to see all these people, uh, everybody I looked at, I could feel things about them. Uh, then I imagined I was getting a little overwhelmed. I didn't know what was happening, but it's, I knew it wasn't it, like it. It's, it's, it like it's too much information all at one time. <clears throat> and you were getting flooded with it. Absolutely. But, uh, and it's very difficult in those circumstances to like be scientific about it, but you try to be. And what I'm trying to see is how did you know that you were picking up feelings of other people and their thoughts. What was some of the, like the car coming up the hill, you had evidence for that. You could tell your roommate and then he could see the car. Right. Now I could prove stuff like that with the car. I couldn't prove what I was picking up about other people's feelings. But for example, we went to a restaurant about three days into this eight days, seven, eight days of escalating psychic ability. And one of my roommates was very concerned about me because he knew that I wasn't acting normal and I knew I wasn't acting normal and things weren't, didn't seem normal, but we'd sit in a restaurant and he asked me, what's this like? And I could, uh, uh one, at one restaurant, I pointed out two ladies in the far corner and asked if he knew any, uh, either of them. And he said, no, and I didn't either. So I just imagined the tall brunette who was looking away from me as far from the restaurant as we could be from us, I just imagined having this brunette come by and write me a letter. And my roommate said, what do you, what do you mean? What kind of letter? I said, I don't care. I just want her to write me a letter in order to sort of, I guess, verify yeah. that I was going through this. Yeah. And he forgot about it. But 10 minutes later, they're leaving the restaurant and they walked by our table and the lady who I'd innocently projected into her, you know, write me a letter. She threw a napkin down on the table. And in big, bold letters, she had written, why are you doing this to me? Ah, Boy, did I get oh. chills. Did I get chills? Oh, We'd go to another, and then I felt this immense amount of guilt. What am I doing? Screwing people's minds and hearts. Well, we're, gonna, we're, the, we're coming to the end. We're coming to the end of this segment, Gary. That, that's the kind of thing I've been asking you about. Uh, she's, you, you ask her to sit right down and write herself a letter to you, and there it was. That's, that's uh, I want to get into more details of it because you describe it so beautifully. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And we are talking with Gary Wimmer about his pre-near-death his pre experiences. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. 
Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Yes, welcome back to CC with BB. Yes, I'm Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. We're talking with Gary Wimmer, and he's just presenting evidence of some psychic abilities with a woman he's looking at writing on a napkin, why are you doing this to me? So he got what... He was looking for a letter from her, and that's pretty astounding and shook you up because here you were having evidence of being in her mind. What else happened? Well, we went out one night, uh, another evening, and uh, my roommate, who was, uh, like I said, very concerned with me, he was kind of being my little guardian angel, I guess. We'd, we went out to a uh, actually a pool hall with a restaurant, and he asked me if I was still going through this escalating psychic ability. And I said, unbelievable. It's just escalating every moment. I was scared one moment and completely enlightened the next. It was the strangest combination of feeling extremely empowered and vibrant and connecting with the universe and terrified because I didn't know what brought it on and how to cut it off. Where was the volume button? Yeah, where's but, the volume button? All right. But we go out to a, we were out at a pool hall one night, and he asked me if it's still escalating, and I said yes, and he said, "Well, what's it like?" And rather than try to explain it, which was Im- almost impossible at the time, I glanced around and saw two people playing pool behind us, and as I looked at them, I saw about five or six shots, almost like a series of pictures unfolding before my eyes, uh-huh. and I, and I turned around to him and said, "He's going to shoot the six ball, the five ball. The waitress is going to come up. He's going to tip her. He's going to blah blah blah." And we turned around and watched the pool game, and it unfolded exactly as I had seen it. Beautiful. It, Beautiful. It just right before our eyes seconds later. Now, Beautiful. You go through that over and over and over and over and over for a couple of days, it makes you <laughs> kind of wonder what the hell is going on, which is exactly what I was wondering. It makes you feel like you're crazy, and when people are watching you do it, they will tend to think that you're having a manic episode. True. Absolutely true. The irony was there was no way for me to turn it off, so there was no way for me to not suddenly be preoccupied with it. Yeah. What I what I would normally be doing if I wasn't going through this unexpected escalator ride, <laughs> I don't know. Because it was uh, just let me, let me ask you some psychiatric questions here. Mm-hmm. Was was your mind racing? Oh, absolutely. Were you having any trouble sleeping? Oh, absolutely. I did not sleep for several days, yeah. Were, were you talking a lot? Oh, I was very energetic, and yes, I was in a manic episode. All right, uh, I, want to, I want to be clear about that. That, that. For our audience, you were in a manic episode, according to regular psychiatry. Had you ever, have, you ever, have you ever had a manic episode before that? Never had one before that or after that to that degree. I, I am, by nature, bipolar. Uh, I've gone through a lot of extreme changes. But nothing as uh, intense as that ever. And I don't think I could ever go through anything as intense as that again. Well, so, sometimes <laughs> those, uh, those cycles uh, do vary in their intensity. Have you had episodes like that before that that weren't as intense? 
I've had a lot of psychic episodes, but none that went on and on and on for days. Most of the times they were just instantaneous sort oh. of flashes, oh. you know. Okay, okay. Is there any bipolar in your family? Uh, not really. I probably am the one who is most uh, uh, susceptible to it. Okay. And did you say you are the seventh son? No, I'm the third of seven sons. You're the third of seven sons. <laughs> the seventh was, son is such a it's such a great song, and it means a lot. True, and three and seven are the spiritual numbers, and I happen to be the third of seven. Uh, so along with what you think, there's a lot of coincidences, or there's a lot of synchronicity. I look yeah. at it a little bit. Why don't you different. tell us about tell us about those two, please? Well, I I I do need to read your book. I'm very curious. I have not read your book about it yet. But uh, as I first contacted you, I said sort of blatantly, and not to upset you, but obviously it stimulated your curiosity, I don't necessarily believe in coincidences. Although I use the word, and I understand the concept, personally what I think is that there's uh, so much going on in the metaphysical and spiritual worlds, it's just unfolding all the time. And sometimes we can see things and notice connections that we wouldn't normally notice. Uh, Actually, what we might term as a coincidence, in my opinion only, uh, is just because we don't know all the factors that brought A or B or C into play. Yeah, but, I think, uh, I, with the first part of what you said, the metaphysical world is unfolding all the time. I think that's what I'm trying to say, that coincidences uh, spark our curiosity about the metaphysical world. For absolutely. And, absolutely. And that's, that's my major um, intent in writing about coincidences, is that they're hooks into uh, higher consciousness. Absolutely. And, mm hmm and I agree with that. And the cause part of it, we can we can have some fun with. But let's go back to to some of the coincidences or synchronicities that you were experiencing uh, back in that intense manic episode. Well, I would see signs indicating all sorts of things, no matter what I would think. Uh, if I was driving down a car, whatever the thought was at the moment, I'm, if I happened to be looking up at a billboard sign, it would reflect in symbolism the exact thing I was thinking about, uh -huh. you know, and I saw these in patterns and numbers and colors and hearing things in advance and in seeing them unfold just moments before my eyes, uh, prior to when they would happen. Uh, so I started experiencing this so much that it became, uh, what's the word? Almost like just a flow of consciousness. Like I was living in a different world. Like I was sailing through time and space with a, in a different in a different ship with different uh -huh. controls. You uh -huh. know? No, that's very good. I I, I think that's true. Uh, um, I can pop up into a lesser place like that, and it's a different state of consciousness. And for me, it's when I'm, my eyes are co closed and dancing. That's one of the places where it happens. Mm -hmm. And opening my eyes, it kind of I come back more to this reality. But with my eyes closed, I'm in someplace else. You are you are further up and more intense uh, than I've ever been. But I have some idea that what you're describing being in a ship or some kind of conveyance uh, running through a different level of reality definitely that's what you were doing mm -hmm. I, I really was and the uh i felt this protection this observation team i called the monitors oh yeah i like those guys they yeah, they okay. seem to almost name themselves as such but i kept feeling them around me as if uh protecting or guiding me for what to what for what reason? I had no idea, but it gave me a certain feeling of uh, protection. And I was okay. raised Catholic, so I had a lot of faith in God and guardian angels and so forth. Uh -huh. But sure. until that point, I never realized how true it was. It <laughs> or is. You, it was later that you realized the monitors um, were there in a way that they could communicate with you. That was a couple of months afterwards. Correct. During this manic during the, I'm calling it this manic episode, the highly psychic uh, episode, you still had a feeling that you were being protected by something or some entities. Correct. And how did you, how, how did you know that? How did you, it was a feeling probably. Yeah, it was a feeling. It was beyond uh, words. It was beyond comprehension. Uh -huh. uh, but it was still a safety somewhere. It was very much a safety. And I could give you an example of that that's Please in the do. book. Please do. Uh, I was acting kind of bizarre, no, needless to say, but it's hard to not act bizarre when you're going through a bizarre experience. 
one uh, evening we were my two roommates and I were talking about. Uh, he was talking about. <laughs> I'm waiting to comment on comment on that. It's hard to not behave bizarrely when you're going through a bizarre experience. It takes a lot of discipline and experience to do that. <laughs> that to be able to not behave bizarrely and still be in a bizarre space. And you had no background to do that. I'm trying to do that in my life, be in a bizarre space and still behave like I'm normal. So, so anyway, that just that's an important concept there. So please go ahead. Well, it is a balancing act. Yes. Like it's everything a, in life, you know. It is. It is. Maybe just more highlighted. But uh, what was the question now? I kind of got. I, I want to know more about what was going on in this bizarre place that you were that you were. You were hearing. You were seeing your thoughts reflected in your environment. You were able to predict things that are about to happen. Right. Uh, what what sort of other things were and you had the monitors were you felt the monitors were there? What were some of the other? Oh, okay, I know what there? I was talking about. We were talking about uh, my one of my roommates was a medic in Vietnam was talking about pain, and for some reason, I said I just blared out, "Well, if you had enough control over your brain and your synapses, you could uh, disavow pain. It's all a chemical process in the brain." And he said, well, that's real great, but you ain't had your gut shot out or watched someone get bullet holes blown through them and screaming like I have. You don't know what pain really is. Well, we had been boiling some water for some tea, and we'd forgotten about it in the middle of our intense little debate here. And I looked over that water, and it was boiling, and I felt the monitors and the water and my own consciousness. Some Something said, no, prove it to him. So literally, I picked up this pan of boiling water and poured it right on my head right in front of my two roommates oh wow oh wow it's it's it scared the hell out of them because it was boiling water now the irony was and this is the most one of the most stunning things i remember during that period as soon as the water hit my head even though it's boiling i noticed wow the water is the exact same temperature as my body it does not feel hot it does not feel cold it simply feels wet and I have never felt water that just felt wet. No temperature difference between my body and the water. Of course it was boiling. How did that happen? How was I protected? I could go on that for hours. But the fact is, my roommate grabbed me back, pulled me back to the bathroom, ripped my shirt off, seeing if I was burned. And I didn't, wasn't burned, didn't even hurt. So that's another kind of a miracle. How my body or the metaphysics stopped the water from burning me, I don't know. But I felt no fear about doing it. Of course, later I realized people don't do that kind of stuff here. Yes, <laughs> they, in, in some uh, religions, people who are uh, developed psych psychically can do that. We've come to the end of coming to the end of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And we are listening to Gary Wimmer being in a wonderfully interesting state. They are here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. 
Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Gary Wimmer, who somehow stepped off the platform of ordinary reality and entered into states that are sometimes achieved by people in different religions who go through highly complex, meditative and and disciplined uh, trials to be able to get where Gary was able to get, like being able to not feel the intense pain of boiling water being poured onto his head. But anybody seeing you having that experience is going to think you're crazy. So what did they do? What did your roommate do with you? Well, they thought I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I could certainly understand that. Uh, You know, in normal life, normal people wouldn't do that. That's right. It it didn't occur to me uh, for a second that it would hurt me. I knew it wouldn't. It just said, no, just prove that you can cut the pain off. Bam, I poured the water on my head. Of course, you know, five minutes later i realized gary just can't do that these people do not understand they're not there you look crazy and i could understand that at the same time what i was experiencing was beyond anything i even imagined any human being could ever experience and it just kept getting more beautiful and more intense more uh uh just more mysterious and so forth uh but it did convince me whether anybody believed or not, I'm entering a different world, a different dimension. Yes, you uh, did. You did. You absolutely. Did, you, did, you did. You did. You did. You did. All right. That, that, let's now go to uh, walking down the street on a sunny day, <laughs> minding my own business, trying to play. And there's Gary getting hit by a car. Yeah, it built up, the intensity built up over a week so much. I'd freaked out a lot of my friends. I understand that. They didn't know how to deal with me. I didn't know how to deal with what was going on. I felt extremely empowered and, uh, you know, sometimes kind of scared, but more than anything, extremely empowered and that everything was okay, even though it was too intense for me to take any longer. So I'm walking down uh, Guadalupe Street in Austin, Texas, Ah, and, Guadalupe, Guadalupe, Guadalupe. Oh, yeah, what they call the drag here in Austin. Oh, yeah. And this was 1977. It was uh, February 7th. Those were good the, days in Austin back then. I mean, that's just changed so oh, much. So, so absolutely, much. Yeah. especially compared to the traffic and congestion now. Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. So but anyway, anyway, there was Guadalupe, strolling down Guadalupe, and then what happened? Well, I'm not sure I was strolling. I was kind of pacing fast. I was oh. scared. I was... Pr- I'd reached the point I couldn't take this anymore. I was praying and crying. People were looking at me, wondering what the hell is going on. I did not care. I was just begging God, this is too much. Whatever's going on, I can't take it. I'm I'm sorry. I failed the test or whatever, but help me, help me, help me. And, of course, people are watching me. Long story short, I don't want to be a spoiler, as you might know, but I saw these monitors for the first time. I oh, went really? From, really? I, I went from incredible fear 
to closing my eyes and crying and almost screaming with people around me, just very concerned, but afraid to approach me. And I went from that level of fear to all of a sudden feeling very warm and very beautiful. And I opened my eyes and I saw this immense light over my head, about six feet. And one of my first thoughts was if I had a ladder, I could touch it. It's a uh -huh. physical thing ahead of me. I looked around and noticed none of these people who are observing my crying and, and, and you know, frantic behavior, they didn't see this. And I looked up and then I realized this light was emanating down from the palms of seven kind of white robed beings. Ah. And these, were, these were the monitors. And I felt so elated because they were here in front of me. And they asked me if I trust them. And I said, absolutely, I trust you. I see you guys. And, of course, to the spectators, the observers, the witnesses around the street, I'm looking up talking to empty space. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, they couldn't understand it. What did the monitors look like to you, Gary? <laughs> they were kind of white-robed, gray-robed, kind of an off-white robed. They seemed bigger than humans. They were sitting around this glass table, crystal table. It wasn't glass. It was crystal. They had their palms down. Their faces were kind of both dark and light at the same time, like a TV raster going black and white, black and white. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you couldn't, they didn't feel male or female, perhaps uh -huh. a little more male, but just because they're big size. Uh -huh. But but they felt incredibly uh, powerful, loving, protecting. They It's almost like they had the whole file of my whole life right before them. They knew everything about me. The way I trusted them immediately was just overwhelming because there was just no doubt that these are the good guys. They're here to save you. And They're here to I, show you. How are they, they communicating with you? Well, I heard them just as I'm hearing you. Now, whether it was through my ears or through my mind or psyche, I don't know. It was so overwhelming. You heard them, yes. Oh, absolutely. And they spoke in one voice, uh. one one solid, deep, resonating voice. And again, a couple of times we had a short conversation. I'm talking back like I'm talking to you with lips and mouth and so forth. Yeah. They're projecting thoughts into me somehow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, several times, a couple of times, they said, do you trust us? And uh -huh. it was, it was, I didn't know what they meant by trust you for what, but I definitely trusted them more than anything because they were pure light as far as I could tell. And then within seconds, as you might have read in the book, uh, I was involved in a, I was hit by a speeding car. Yeah, well, let's let's pause in there for a minute, and I want to tell you a little story about me. The, that I have started communicating with trees, um, and the trees did something with me that's very similar to what you're talking about. They asked me, do you believe that we are communicating with you? Mm -hmm. And they've put at me a, a challenge. There are some people that I liked that I didn't know liked me, and they said, do you believe that you're talking with me with us more than you believe that these people like you. And I said, I believe that you're talking with me more than I believe that these people like you. Because it was so real when I was communicating with them. And the communication was not unlike what you're describing. These are trees standing there. I call them the king and the queen. Mm -hmm. And and they made me uh, their representative, uh, one of their representatives, an emissary into the world uh, for their benefit to try to be able to say to human beings, these trees have consciousness and we need to pay attention to that consciousness of the trees. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that. Uh, I think the thing that you probably realize and I realize and people who have had such experiences realize that there's absolute infinite consciousness that pervades everything time, yeah. space, and even the non-time and space. Infinite yes. consciousness. And, and you were talking with them, and the monitors was a representative for you of those, of that, talking, yeah, in, one, talking in one voice. Yeah, because you kind of have, have an intermediary between our lonely self-souls here on time <laughs> and space and infinite mind. There's a big gap there that needs to and, be filled in. <laughs> you know... Uh, you know uh, that's a very, very important idea because part of knowing the infinite mind is to know these intermediaries. Mm -hmm. uh, it expands our capacity to know the intermediate minds, almost like they're stepladders to getting there. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting point, interesting way to say it. Yes, it's true, because there is a big abyss between individual consciousness and in, in infinite consciousness. I think part of the fun of this is being able to r run the ladder, to do the ladder, and to experience it. And you're a, you're a spiritual teacher, whether you know it or not, in talking about this sort of thing, uh, and talking about what your experiences is in such vivid detail. Uh, I hope you do the album someday of this. Uh, I've got I've got song, seven coincidence songs um, that are now in an album form, uh, and stories like this need to be sung. So Good anyway, point. so anyway, you hit the you you you're saying the monitors ask if they tr if you trust them, mm -hmm. and you says yes I do, and then what do they you step out in the middle? How does it happen that you and a car meet? Well, I will be a spoiler. For your readers not to shock anybody but it's absolute truth and the police reports are in the book the monitors asked me if i trusted him and i said yes and we i said i don't understand what's going on i said you will you do you trust us and i had the freedom to say yes or no that's important that's absolutely so important. that's so important the freedom to say yes or no, and the courage to be able to say yes. Absolutely, because it wasn't compelled on me to do anything other than just, if you want to answer the question, if you don't, just keep walking. <laughs> you know? Beautiful. So, so I, uh, I basically jumped into the car. They asked me, they said, if you trust us, jump into this, jump into this next moving car. Moving, it was speeding down the road. I ran out in the middle of the road, make sure nobody would stop me, and I did a head dive right into the car. And, uh, boy, from that moment on, I started seeing heaven. It was unbelievable what I started experiencing. Uh, felt no pain whatsoever. The first thing I remember was uh, the headlight on the car as I my eyes uh, were closed because by the time I hit the... Uh, the grill of the car, my eyes slammed shut, and I saw the, in my retina a little dot of light from the headlight, and it looked like the Big Bang. And my first awareness was, wow, this is this Big Bang I'm in, but there's infinite Big Bangs. First thing I realized, wow, I'm just one of infinite Big Bangs that happened. And then I'm outside my body watching my body get tumbled by the car and smashed up. Uh, felt no pain, felt no fear complete ecstasy and there's uh there's probably a chapter or two in the book i wrote about the ride from earth to infinite mind and back ride baby ride we're coming to the end of this episodes of this you're listening to a, an amazing story with gary wimmer on connecting with coincidence i'm your host dr bernie beitman md on the exxon broadcast network and we'll be back with gary in just a second here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, sonny boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Yep, yep, yep. CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. And the last we left our... Our hero, Gary Wimmer, was flying up in the air after he deliberately put himself in front of a speeding car on Guadalupe in Austin, Texas. So there you are in, in space, uh, experiencing the great mind and uh, in, a, in a kind of ecstasy. Tell us more. Well, as soon as I was outside of my body, I started expanding. And this is like a uh, sensation like being the exterior of a balloon that is being filled with air. Rather than going out in one direction, I felt like I was going out in all directions simultaneously. And one of the first things I realized is, wow, I'm looking at Earth from all angles. I could see the north-south pole and all hemispheres as if it were inside of me. And I've got a million eyes looking at it. I kept expanding past planets and galaxies and and space and oh the amount of stuff I experienced at that time with family and friends and seeing connections to infinite mind and how people came to the planet. It was like a whole life's mystery book was fanned before my eyes through millions of pages almost instantaneously. Ecstasy, I cannot describe the ecstasy and beauty I felt. But I had no awareness of a me after a while. It was just pure ecstasy and sensation. And through, uh, I describe this in the book, I went through what they call the tunnel of light. That's about as best a description as you can make of it. And ended up in this infinite blue mind of God. I call it the blue void because it was absolute infinite creativity, uh, indivisible, yet every possible manifestation of every on time and space in every galaxy and every universe existed at the same time. It was a kind of a contradiction in terms, but a beautiful one. It was one infiniteness, indivisible in infinite number of ways. And experiencing this, I realized, wow, this is where everything comes from. And the most fascinating thing I experienced in this is what most people who've had NDEs agree upon. You feel infinite love in a way you just cannot describe or feel as a human being. It is absolutely overwhelming. It's the most beautiful feeling anybody could had, could have. And raised Catholic, I look back now and realize I got a glimpse of what they call beatific vision. When I was a kid, they taught that in the church, like, oh, it's just beautiful just being at one with God. And I thought, that could be kind of boring, uh, but that ain't. <laughs> it's absolutely astounding. And then I came back. I was pulled away from this infinite mind back through this tunnel of light, had no idea of who I was or where I was heading, but I kind of liked where I was, and I was kind of unsure where I was headed. But I was pulled back into this universe, into time and space, headed toward this planet, and I got right above my body and realized, that's my body, that's me. And I jumped back into my body. And, of course, people around the street are screaming and hollering, and the driver is hovering over me, paranoid, terrified. He just ran into me. And, well, I'd just been to heaven and back. I jumped to my feet instantly. I've never felt so good in my life, so empowered, but rather eerie, <laughs> rather strange. So needless to say, they had cops and ambulance and everybody, you know, panicked and cops were asking me what happened and police and uh, the medics. And I tried to explain and they didn't want to hear my explanation. And I can't blame them at all. I wouldn't have believed me either. Well, but I really... let's, let's let's summarize this last part. I mean, you had to go to a hospital. They gave you drugs and kind of calmed you down a little bit uh, and try to get you out of this. But uh, then we, I would like to have our audience know what you've come away with from this experience. Uh, I mean, uh, you were 
you were a psychiatric patient for a while. You have to be careful, blah, blah, blah. You had some ep an episode, something like this, maybe uh, several months later. Mm -hmm. But this, how has, how, has this, how has this experience affected you and your life and the people around you? Uh, it opened up the door to, to complete happiness for me. I'm, uh, last 20, 25 years, I'm the happiest person on the planet. It, basically, I fear nothing now. I fear nothing. Uh, of course, nobody wants to, uh, you know, go out and get shot by some crazy killer. But I live without fear because I realize, and I hope everybody realizes this at some point, if you let go and allow yourself to feel protection and allow yourself to feel love and let go of what you can't change and think about what you can change and keep your mind open, uh, you're entering heaven. You're entering peace of mind. Uh, one thing I definitely learned is that whether it's depression or anxiety or fear, these are temporary conditions. The mind, the spirit, the soul can trump everything, but we do have to work. We do have to ask. We do have to push the buttons. We do have to take the proactive steps of increasing or uh, consciously increasing our awareness, just like you practice a piano. You don't have to, but if you want to live in peace, you got to try to work on it. You got to ask questions. You got to be willing to look yourself in the mirror and have introspection. Bottom line, forgive yourself. Let go of the past. Don't worry about things. Life throws us enough curveballs. You don't have to go add to the collection of them. So that's some of the things I learned. What's how's it affected your relationships? Probably in the way I just don't get upset at things. I put into context that no two people are going to see things the same way. Uh, I don't expect anybody I didn't at the time to believe me. The best I could do is write the book uh, and put the paperwork in there that verified what I'm saying. Uh, it's helped me a lot in knowing that I can provide insight to people because I've been through hell and back. I've been through severe depression. As a solo musician, I played 50 years as a musician, and I'm a crappy singer, and I learned how to be a good entertainer. It doesn't matter what your cards are. It matters how you play them. Uh -huh. It yeah. really does, and that's the real freedom in life is accepting your package deal because it's perfect for what you need. And life is always trying to show us stuff. And the more we look at life as educating us, enlightening us, rather than screwing with us, the more we benefit because that's what life's trying to do anyway. Because we came here to go through that experience. Yeah, it's I call it Earth University because I like school. Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's and, and I'm chairman of the Department of Coincidence Studies at Earth Universities. That that's the way that's the way I'm programming to uh to learn and try to figure out how things work well i gotta read your book bernie because obviously we're we're coming to the same point from different angles well you've gone way out and come back i i'm an incrementalist and trying to help people who want to take one step at a time like that stepladder analogy i was using to try to keep going higher and higher but you like uh, many other people that i've been able to talk with but you say it so well really gary it's really a pleasure hearing your descriptions very educational for for us and i hope uh, our listeners that you went out there and have come back and are able to uh, describe it in a, in a way that's very vivid and clear so that we have an idea of what's potentially there for all of us by your own by your experience absolutely true and i do like your uh gradual approach I not only did not know anything about near-death experiences, I had no idea anybody could go there and come back. Uh, you know, one second after I came back, I realized, wow, people can go there and come back. But yeah. to, I went through the electric from the basement to the top floor elevator instantaneously. <laughs> and that's not the way most people go. And, and the best way to go is, as you were saying, procedurally, step by step by step. Well, it's, uh, it's guys like you who are leaders and like for me, give me yet clearer ideas about how this all works because it, it takes a lot of repetition. It takes some courage. And where I've learned that idea about 
you have your instrument. It's not, it's, it's, it's how you play it because that's your instrument. I, I learned that at dance that uh, I'm, I, that my body is what I have and I keep trying to get better at dancing, but it's what I have. So it's like, I know a guy who plays the trumpet and that's what he does. He does the trumpet as best as he can. I have to do with what I have at dance with what I've got. That means learning what I've got, what my moves can be watching other people and keep getting better about it. But now I'm able to carry from what you described into my life outside of dance better, that this is what I am also outside of dance. And this is the instrument I am playing. And I think you're playing a good instrument, Bernie, because you're educating people, you're enlightening people, you're giving them thoughts, you're stimulating their mind and their imagination and their curiosity. And that's healthy, period. That's that's, you, you, you hit the right word, curiosity, because uh, I, I, like I like to think and say that uh, coincidences, coincidences um, shoot the arrows of our curiosity into the mystery. That's beautiful. I like that. That's very well said. Good imagery. <laughs> Maybe we can make a song out of this. There you go. I I just keep saying you. I like your Leon Russell sound uh, to your voice. Uh, uh, you've got that. Uh, a, a song for you is one of my most favorite songs. Oh, me too. Oh yeah. Too. I love you in a place where there's no space and time. time. I love you for my life. You are a friend of mine. And when this life is over, we can be together. But we're alone now, and I'm singing this song, song to for you. you. <laughs> for you, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah that, I love you in a place where there's no space and time. I love you for my life. You are a friend of mine. Yeah, you got that sound to you, Gary. It's, it's really nice. Well, I'm glad you say that. I uh, don't necessarily have a good singing voice, but uh, as I was told you, I learned to entertain. I learned to let people laugh. I learned to go for the audience. Uh, so again, it's not the cards you got. It's how you play them. And you're playing them really well. We've come to the end of our segment and our show, Gary. Thank you for being on. Uh, you've really taught me a lot and uh, help our, and our and our audience as well. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We've been talking with Gary Wimmer. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. 
Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 